Welcome to Art Talk with April, Season 2. I'm April Harris of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. This season, we'll be talking with new artists and professional expert artists. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. And today we have Walter Moore. He is a multimedia cartoonist He's located in Birmingham area. Walter, can you tell us like how you got started in creating art? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, when I was little, they didn't have Ritalin. So they gave me a pencil and paper. Nice. And was, uh, that was the only thing that calmed me down because I was pretty wild otherwise. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Because I've got a little boy who's seven years old, and that sounds so much like him. He would be just so content sitting down and just, you know, making stuff. So that's well, great. That's, <laughs> that's the basics. Yeah. 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 Did you go to any school or anything like that? Or are you self-taught? I had a, a good art teacher in uh, eighth grade, yeah. Mrs. Glass. And uh, I had a... Uh, Mrs. Marilyn Morris, I believe, if my memory is not shot, was a private teacher in Selma, where I grew up. And uh, she put up with me for a little while. She was very nice. I wanted to do cartoons. And, you know, uh, that wasn't what she was hired to teach me, but I still learned. <laughs> and uh, I was able to take art classes at the University of Alabama and... Um, I was in graphic design, but did a little bit of everything, some printmaking, some of this, that. True. And uh, I really learned a lot at jobs during school and after school. Um, did some uh, magazine illustrations while I was a student uh, for a magazine called Voya, uh, which was a library magazine for young adult readers. Um, they were very nice to me. Uh, Dorothy Mary Kay, and uh, I had silk screening jobs with Rick Rush in Tuscaloosa. Oh wow! And at Tiger Rags in uh, Auburn. Yeah. So I don't want to sit here and just list jobs, but every <laughs> job I had, I learned something. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you. I think you know, and I'm a graphic designer by day. So I've worked in the printing industry and done all kinds of things, you know, and you mm. start to pick up, you know, how to do different types of things. You're mainly painting these cartoons of apes, right? Right. How did you come up with this character? Okay. Uh, the ape is me. I am the ape. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it started. And uh, my wife, Lisa, calls me ape. <laughs> she's like, ape, hey, what do you want to eat? You know, stuff like that. Um, and she's girl and I am ape, ape and girl. Oh. And so, you know, you leave little notes like I'm, I'll be back in five minutes, ape. Yeah. And I would put a cartoon ape on it. Here's somebody. Okay. <laughs> this is our new baby, Daisy. She wants oh, to be close so to me. She's, she's in some of my recent oh. drawings. If you see a little black dog, this is her. Oh. But uh, anyway, back to apes. I in the before times, I would work as a uh, language teacher. 
I would work in Alabama and I also had a gig in Texas. Oh, wow. Where I would work in the summer. And uh, one summer I was there and I missed Lisa. So I, I got about a hundred blank postcards yeah. from the post office. Every day, wherever I was, I would draw a cartoon ape doing what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's, I'd send them to her and she treasures them still. And I was uh, casting about for a way to make extra money uh, selling things on eBay. Lisa was always supportive. She's always draw some cartoons and sell them. And uh, so... She eventually told me to draw the apes, and I told her she was wrong. <laughs> and uh, when I did do some, they sold. So uh, yeah. I kept doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I was uh, just doing little Sharpie marker drawings okay. uh, on quarter pieces of paper for a couple $3 profit. And I would try to do 20, 30, 40, 50 a day, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I found the limits. Uh, the limit seems to be 60 of human capability. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> but you know, if you try to do 60, you can knock out a dozen pretty easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh my yeah, gosh. I can't right. imagine doing that many. <laughs> so you've probably done hundreds yeah, well, of thousands. <laughs> I think of the small drawings, I did about 3,000. Yeah. And uh, so far, I guess I, I sold a good chunk of them. I've still got more than half, but I sold not quite half, you know. Yeah. And uh, over the course of 10 years, I guess I kind of maxed out on what the world wanted of drawings of apes. So I started trying to paint, and the first efforts were very primitive. I, I never really painted much. Uh, I thought that was something aristocrats did who didn't need to work for a living. I was going to say, I wanted to know um, how you sort of came about going from like the Sharpie drawings to paintings. Did you just decide, you know, you wanted to add more color or um, make them larger or what? How did that? It was greed. Uh, there's a maximum amount I can get for a drawing. I was selling them on eBay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I could sell them all day long for $5 and I probably get to keep two or three of that after I mail it. Uh, yeah. so, uh, and I was maxed out because I did thousands. I was maxed out in my eBay account of how many I could put up. So I was like, I have to sell something that I can charge $20, $30, $40 for, yeah. you know, like a little painting. Um, so pure greed drove me. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I made that much more money, but I learned more about painting. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I could put things that cost more in the same slot. It's like if you go to a show, you got a six-foot table, maybe. Mm. There's only so much stuff you can put on your table. Yeah. So you want to put your best thing that people want that actually makes you some money for the show. So yeah. that's that's how it started. It's very boring. It's not artistic inspiration. <laughs> it's pure greed. No, that makes sense, though. Because, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you said, like you only have so many spots and you kind of want to maximize what you can get for those spots. Because, I mean, once you get there to a booth or a you know, festival, you're, 
you know, I guess you could have more art in the back and pull it out and replace it or whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, that makes sense. It's greed plus atmospheric pressure. Um, <laughs> Because I can put drawings in like a little shoebox, but if people get them out, put them on the table, then they all go on the street. And people in Alabama are really nice. My very first show was an art crawl, and all my paintings, even the paintings, uh, blew off the table. And <laughs> oh my God. A, couple of people, a couple of people ran out in the street, got all my paintings for me, and brought them back. Wow. While I was sitting there holding the table down. Yeah, I, I originally painted on wood blocks simply because I could put them on top of other art. It's not deep. <laughs> <laughs> so are you painting mostly on canvases or, I mean, are you doing a mixture of things and just sort of pricing them accordingly? Uh, now I, I, I paint on regular canvases. Um, like, remember I told you I thought only aristocrats and trust fund people painted on canvas. So I had this idea that canvases cost $50 a piece when you can really get a batch of them for a couple of dollars a canvas. You know, it's it's not expensive, not for what I use. And I, I also like to do little pickup things. I, I'll, I'll cut up paper into like five by seven chunks and also Boda wine box. Boda box, B-O-T-A. We love them. Uh, yeah. We accumulate their wine boxes gradually in moderation. <laughs> and uh, yeah. when we're done with one, I'll chop it up and I can get three good four by six panels out of it. Nice. With the name of the wine on the back is this rich brown graham cracker looking cardboard. Yeah. Uh, and that is great for prints. Uh, it's great for drawing with like neon inks. So mm -hmm. I, I like those little batches of drawings that you can do literally in a bus or meeting kind of on the sly if you're bored. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you can scan them or sell them at a fair or, or at the bottom line, it keeps me from needing Ritalin still. <laughs> there'll be little scraps that are too small for four by six so i chop those up into baseball card size yeah and you can do quick sketches on them you can you can spend a long time and try to make it look like a dutch miniature of an ape <laughs> um or you could just do a quick sketch and little kids come to the show they might not even have a dollar you just give them Oh, you know, and that's so awesome. It, it's something everybody gets something. If you broke, come to my table. I'll draw you an ape right there. So. <laughs> that's so great. Creating these characters based off of you and your wife. And um, I noticed that they're doing like all kinds of different things. Is there, yeah. is this just a variety of, you know, activities they're doing or, or what, what, what's your direction there? Uh, Basically, they live in a world that is more surreal than ours. But if I had to pin it down, it would be uh, like early 60s Rat Pack Sinatra, mm. Mickey Spillane, detective noir world. Everybody's got a fedora. Cigars and cigarettes don't hurt you, so they everybody smokes them. <laughs> uh, I personally do not smoke kids. Don't smoke. It's a waste of money. It's, it's just a, like a world I 
I sort of glimpsed when I was a very small child in the early 60s. Yeah. Style of artwork, I, I haven't quite gotten there, but what I'm reaching for is the same kind of thing that Sal and Mad Men might be putting on an ad. You know, uh, those old magazines that I would see lying around the house when I was a toddler, that kind of artwork. Yeah. Uh, just everything's a little stylish, but a little gritty at the same time. I gotcha. Okay. That makes so much sense. So like, do you have a favorite artist or favorite kind of style that you, you like? My favorite artist uh, in present day, based on whose work I collect is uh, Scott Carroll. Okay. Uh, he was out of Rhode Island. I think he's moved to Maine since I've never met him in person. I'd like to, he's a cool guy. And I actually stole one of his painting techniques and I told him, you know, it's like, uh, I like the way he does the background colors on his own work. So I just stole it. Uh, and he's also, he's also uh, you know, more cartoony too, kind of a kindred spirit, I guess, uh, of all time. I don't know. Um, I like Goya, like got that cartoony darkness to him. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the eighties, I had a a coffee table book of Maxfield Parrish. He oh. did ad work in the twenties and thirties, I think. Yeah. He he did all sorts of a like King Arthur looking fantasy world. And if you if you go through Hollywood and Homewood, mm. the old houses are built like little fantasy Hollywood castles. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of the 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 era he was from, and I I remembered after not thinking about it for forty years that he used to start his works with an undercoat white. So if the man's painting a tree; he paints the entire tree just in white, and then he sort of stained it with glazes. Yeah. And I was like, that stuck with me, and I was doing that. But I didn't know why. But uh, Maxfield Parish, it's oh, it's wow. it's very commercial. Um, you'll see like a couple of elves or something looking at a light bulb for General Electric, you know. But it's, <laughs> at the same time, it's got a sort of a cool air to it. Yeah, it wasn't just an ad. It yeah. was a fantasy world. Isn't that so interesting how I feel like artists, you know, you kind of pick up along the way these little things that for whatever reason, it just, it sticks with you. And somehow, I mean, like you're just, you know, you've seen these, these things, you know, in a magazine or something like that. And then the next thing you know, they're in your own yeah. work somehow, you know, yeah. and, and it. I think, too, what makes everybody unique in their work is that we're all kind of I think if you're if you're being original and you're being unique, then you're pulling from just life itself, from your own experiences. You know, Yeah. at first uh, with the ape cartoons, I was trying to do so many. Um, it was hard to come up with ideas. I mean, I think the first 20 I did were just professions. I did a doctor, a lawyer, a cop, an EMT, 
uh, you know, whatever I could think of, a banker, a baker, a butcher. And I got through with that and I was out of ideas. Um, and so in the early days, I would take a crossword puzzle and I would do a cartoon inspired by each clue. You know, oh, wow. Whatever, whatever. It, it didn't matter. I just needed something to kick it off. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, I'm just sort of, uh, it's all around you. You, yeah. you don't need to think that hard. Like I'm looking at a potted plant right now. And I could come up with some idea based on a potted plant. So yeah, that's it's, so, it's everywhere. So you kind of, that is, that is so amazing because it's kind of like one of those things that I think a lot of artists struggle with is coming up with ideas and yeah. you making so many, I imagine that would have been quite, quite a hard thing to do, but yeah. you just sort of came up with something to just get you on the right path. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, like a potted plant or something and you just create something more, you know, creative off of that. You know, I'll tell you a little trick that I got. Everybody's somewhere has an old yellow pages stuck in a corner, maybe yeah. holding up the edge of a table. You yeah. know? <laughs> but it's great because, uh, I don't know, I, I just, I bang the drum about the superiority of the analog experience over digital. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like things, uh, but I grabbed an old yellow pages mm. and I went to the professions. I started going through every listing in the yellow pages. This is a book kids that used to be the internet. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's like uh, banking, balloon supplies, bar room, oh. you know, beer vendors. This, and I copied down several hundred before I got tired. Uh, yeah. I copied down three or four hundred uh, things from A, B, and C. And I wrote them on a piece of paper that I take with me and my blank pieces of paper. Yeah. And anywhere I find myself stuck for a few hours, um, I would just get the ideas from those. And so I, for some reason, I came out with like 14 things having to do with airplanes because those were the first listings. Yeah. People, things I wouldn't have thought of, like airplane sales. You know, somebody does it. And so my ape's doing it. Um, airplane repair, uh, uh, air ambulances, you know, and, <laughs> and, and uh, crop dusting. Uh, there, there's a cartoon in everything. You just do a little cartoon. Yeah. And um, that's a way to get ideas. Yeah. Another way you could do it, I haven't done it completely. You could see what you do that sells and only do that. that oh. Like uh, I, I do little space apes and they almost always sell. And I'd probably be prosperous if I only did the space apes. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I like those. Yeah. Those are some it, of my favorites. <laughs> well, I, I try to do enough. That if people want some, I mean, I enjoy doing them because they're space apes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I try to do some, but I'm like, if if I only did this, I might as well just go get a real job. 
<laughs> you're getting really bored very fast. <laughs> yeah, or maybe people would suddenly get tired of space apes, and then here I'm stuck with a thousand space apes <laughs> that I can't move. So a few, you know, keep a few going. Yeah. Oh, look space apes in here. <laughs> That's a, that man. Those are some great ideas because I think that like. We're talking about that's just something that artists struggle with, you know, and you get stuck kind of doing the same idea over and over or some variation of it. And that that may work, but you need something to kind of give you a spark, something to just like a prompt, basically. Can I tell a story for the 20 year old me in case we invent a time machine and he looks at this? <laughs> yeah. Go okay. for it. <laughs> okay, the twenty-year-old me, and it may be the twenty-year-old somebody else who's listening right now. I yeah. know about you. Okay, um, I would sort of devote my whole life to one drawing. I would pour my evenings into it. I'd listen to, you know, album-oriented rock all night long while I drew, and. Uh, then I would take that one drawing and I would take it to one place and I would show it to one person and I would be devastated if they didn't like it. Oh. I would just be devastated. Uh, or I would like somebody would let me put one print on the shelf of their bookstore and we wouldn't sell any. And that would just kill me. Yeah. I was like, I hate art. I hate art. Art has betrayed me. No. <laughs> The numbers betrayed me. Mm. You don't do one of anything. You put at least two zeros after that one. So instead of doing one drawing, I would have been better served to do a, a hundred. Yeah. Do a hundred and show them to a hundred people. And when that happens, you get one person who goes crazy. They might buy 20 of that hundred. You just sold 20 drawings. Yeah. You know? uh, so my advice to the 20 year old me would be don't fall in love with one thing. Just just send forth your flying monkey armies of drawings. <laughs> you know, the, the Wicked Witch did not send one flying monkey. Yeah. She sent them all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you got to You got to put zeros after your expectations. If you see when I go crazy, I was trying to draw 100 a day when I hit 60 oh, wow. and maxed it. But if I had only tried to draw 10, I would have drawn five and I'd have been so tired. You know, <laughs> no, you, you got to set a crazy number. You got to show it to crazy numbers of people. Thank God for the Internet. Um, we get the Internet now. You can sell things in Estonia. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, they buy things in Estonia. They might, they'll buy your stuff. Yeah. Uh, you just got to show them. My friend Don Stewart, he's an artist. You may have interviewed him. Um, you should. Yeah. But uh, I'll steal one of his lines. Is it is totally a numbers game. You know, no matter, you could have the least. Okay. April, you're probably a really good artist. But let's suppose you weren't. Yeah. And you could still find one person in a thousand that would like your work. Yeah. All you got to do is find a hundred thousand people and you just sold a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So 
so it's numbers. Now I'm just I'm just doing the crazy old man ramble, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would I would say don't give up. Do more. Always do more. Um, and people change the, when you do more. People change how they think about you. You do one picture. You're that dude from accounting who sort of is good at art, and he did a picture. Yeah. You do a hundred. You're that dude who's an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you've also got a nice accounting paycheck. Don't give up on it right away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you don't know, jump you, the gun. <laughs> your, your friends and family start thinking about you differently. You're serious, even if they don't know you didn't sell but two things all year. They don't know that. Yeah. They're telling all their friends that you're an artist and somebody that's actually going to pay you to do something will know about you through all these people you don't even know are talking about you. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it's it's fun to do art for itself. It's even more fun to do it if somebody else wants to pay your bills with it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. So go for the numbers, kids. Go for the numbers. Yeah. It, it'll make you better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing that I've heard is like, so you're kind of focusing in on these characters and the more that you do them, I feel like it's kind of like you've put a limitation on yourself. Like these are your, that's your base. Like that's yeah. your, your, your first part of your idea. And then you're just growing and growing and growing and growing. And the more you do it, the the better it gets, you know? Well, you know, you, your, your technique gets better. I used to, to draw very carefully with pencil. Then I would go back in with ink. Then I would sit there and wait for the ink to dry and then carefully erase things. And it was, I had uh, people tell me that I had a very wooden inking style. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I say I'm average now. I was bad then. I was bad. <laughs> so I've gotten up to average. Um, but, uh, if you, if you try doing freehand, you can't do it the first time, but you do it the thousandth time. It's like skating, you know, mm -hmm. those obnoxious little kids that can do all the tricks on skates while you're holding onto the rail. Well, they're just, they're just letting go. They're just doing. It. Um, but, uh, my teacher at Alabama, Mr. Bruff, Mr. Richard Bruff, wonderful artist, wonderful human. I think about things he said every time I do art, I hear his voice. He wow. had so many good pieces of advice and, uh, he told me, okay, I had friends that they worked very carefully and everything got better and better and better. And he encouraged them to work that way. Uh, I would work and I'd make things worse. And he told me, Walter, I don't know why, but um, when you take more than five minutes to do something, you ruin it. But the first five minutes, you're pretty good. And he said, always do everything you do in under five minutes. And um, wow. obviously with painting, you got to, it takes more than five minutes, but I try to attack it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's like, you'll get a spark 
but you'll lose it if you labor it. So I just, I try to do one off. Um, I'll do these paintings, but I mess up paintings every time I do them. Mess something up. And uh, I just don't fix it. I go, some dude I hadn't met yet from Gadsden, he's going to love this painting. I'm going to sell it to him. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, like and, not overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll take 10 things to a show, and there'll be two of my favorites and eight things I think I messed up. And the ones I messed up, I'll sell a couple of those. I'll, I never sell the ones I, I like the most. Wow. So I get to yeah. keep them. <laughs> yeah, I you know, that's something that I think is pretty common. Like the ones that the artist thinks is like you're like this is the best that I have done. I've really done a great job on this. And it's the ones that you're like, eh, you know, they're okay, I guess. That's the yeah. ones everybody likes. Why well, is that? I mean, it's like a comedian said they laughed at my non-funny joke and didn't get my funny <laughs> joke. And it's like, no, the one they laughed at is the funny joke. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter what the artist thinks. Yeah. But we just we just put it out there. And if somebody loves something, that is the lovely little piece of art. I I had a couple of shows where I lost money being there. Oh like, no. <laughs> you know, like one of the other vendors would come around and buy one thing just out of pity and you know oh, no. <laughs> or maybe oh. not. It, it happens but yeah. maybe, maybe go down there and make a few hundred bucks you don't know yeah yeah i think it'd be a fun experience yeah. at least try it you know and meet yeah, other those, artists too yeah that 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 is great you get your toe in, you start knowing people. They tell you about some show in Aniston or Montevallo. And, you know, mm -hmm. before you know it, you're kind of getting around. It's just fun. It's, it's, it's sort of like running off to join the circus, but you still get to sleep at home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, just remember, there'll be some beer slosh. There'll be a okay. little beer slosh. So, I'll, you know, I'll buy some plastic covers or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get a little... Or, well, thank you just, so much for everything and talking to me and giving us all your secrets. <laughs> well, it, it's it, basically I'm a very crass person who lives in the moment, and I'm trying to be nice to people anyway. And you know, that's <laughs> who I am. Yeah. So it is. It's lovely to talk to you, and, and yeah. I'm glad I got to meet you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. For more information on this episode, join the Facebook group, The Art Lounge. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.